Let's do it. Let's let's do it. Welcome back to Catechized, uh, the podcast. I know this. <laughs> the podcast where we discuss the historic Reformed confessions and catechisms, specifically one catechism, the Westminster Shorter Catechism. That intro is too long. I'm your host, Josh. With me, as always, is my co-host, St. John the Divine, who tuned out a little bit there, it seemed. <laughs> I, Fairly. I mean... As I, I rambled, like, rattled through. <laughs> intro yeah you deuced. did a good job though i think okay. <laughs> I, from from like uh, the uh 14th of my brain that was paying attention to what you said you know john we only ever use half our brains <laughs> there is a movie based on that premise yeah there's with some scarlett johansson oh and another there's like 18 movies on that like a limitless with uh that guy who voices rocket raccoon <laughs> oh yeah Br- uh, 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 bradley cooper bradley cooper yeah. good gracious um, yeah and, uh, but yeah the one in that movie the the character played by morgan freeman argues is like we only ever use one percent of our brain or it's some like absurdly small thing and then he's like if we use the whole thing we'd be and then by the end of the movie scarlett johansson somehow through the use of some sort of uh, brain drug power. thing has unlocked a hundred percent has become god right <laughs> so i uh, weird movie <laughs> what do you mean she's become god tell me after yeah okay <laughs> what's that movie called uh lucy oh that's right i think so yeah looked weird wasn't interested wasn't great (laughs) um also i think the science behind it is like yeah you used up to half of your brain at one given time it's not like there's parts of your brain that are never used (laughs) it's like (laughs) we never get any work you know when you're running you only use like 40 percent of your arms and it's like well yeah (laughs) it's not they're not for that um (laughs) so i think it's something silly like that anyways back to task yeah glad we talked about this (laughs) this is the this is the final episode of this season a joyful season on salvation we've discussed how salvation is a work of the holy spirit applying christ to those who are united to him uniting those who are christ's to him and then what realities are theirs specifically looking at justification adoption sanctification and then We've had kind of this finally now three episode stretch where we discuss how those benefits of union with Christ are experienced at different times in a person's life. Um, where how how salvation is not just this future reality, but one that is is true for all who are in Christ from the moment that they are in Christ, and only increasingly from that point. And that that we have great benefits in this life and it is wrong to deprive Christ's saints of the benefits promised by Jesus to them in this life. Likewise, uh, in the next episode, aka last week, <laughs> we talked <laughs> about how their salvation is realized in, in even greater ways in death, that though we die, we live and uh, and are with Christ, though in some not as of yet final state, though we are made perfect we are not whole and complete because our bodies still rest in the grave while our souls are with Christ. And now um, we get to that third and final. The good stuff. Peace there. The the, the, the end. So like John, the other you, stuff wasn't good, but yeah. The, yeah, the, the, the fullness of all the goodness of the other the things. The dessert. Okay. This isn't like helpful. That. <laughs> that was worse. John, why don't, you, why don't you read the question and then I'll read it and then we'll talk. About all it. right. Here we go. Question 38 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What benefits do believers receive from Christ at the resurrection? Here's the answer. At the resurrection, believers being raised up in glory shall be openly acknowledged and acquitted in the day of judgment and made perfectly blessed in the full enjoying of God to all eternity. Nice. I don't know why, but when you finished reading the question, I almost read the answer as if you were asking me. <laughs> I didn't do it, though. Calm uh, myself. Nice. Good catch. Thanks. Um, one more time for you. Westminster Shorter Catechism, question 38, and its answer. What benefits do believers receive from Christ at the resurrection? At the resurrection, believers, being raised up in glory, shall be openly acknowledged and, and acquitted in the day of judgment, and made perfectly blessed in the full enjoying of God to all eternity. Heck yeah. This is this is our this is our hope. This is the thing, right? This is the the full realization of of that salvation which is ours in Christ. Christ who at his resurrection was the perfect God man, the first fruits of all creation, the first back from the dead, the first of the thing that we will be. We won't be divine like he is, but in his humanity, he is the first of what we will be raised in perfection um and this is the realization of that the thing that that we hope for the thing that is experienced in part now 
in, in greater detail and depth and then fully when Christ returns and, and we are raised. Um, and as the question kind of talks about, and in this I think is a nice, well, so we're going to look at kind of Blah, blah, blah. rewind that's the rewind noise um we're gonna, we're gonna look at a couple a- elements of the question uh, and um talking about judgment and then looking at this completion of the perfection of people and then spend a little bit little <laughs> help <laughs> a lot of rewinding here spend a little bit of time uh discussing what the bible depicts eternity to be like yeah which, like the intermediate state of last week, often misunderstood. Yeah, very often misunderstood. <laughs> um, to our mo- moderate harm, mild, mild harm. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. So first thing I think is, is this the attention that catechism draws and, and one of the maybe most iconic elements of the Bible's teaching of Christ's return is Judgment Day. Yeah. Uh, it's often mixed Day with of other... The Lord. Yeah. Mixed with other concepts of some end times catastrophe or whatever this yeah. is judgment day when the terminator comes yeah back. we're <laughs> terminator <laughs> judgment day or the aliens come or the global warming finally you can tell it's us. judgment day because a terminator has returned yeah <laughs> or come for the first time i don't know uh, yeah, I can't um th- so it's not this i mean it is the end of days sort of but it's not this doomsday thing but judgment day is not a pleasant experience for those who aren't in christ and arguably and in, extremely unpleasant and in and, and in some ways i think it'll be not like it will not be only easy for those who are in christ because we are judged yeah and it, except uh as we rightly see summarized in the catechism this judgment this last judgment is our acquittal and so even though our lives are laid before us it is christ's life that is counted for us yeah his death that answers all that we ought to have paid for so christ's death satisfies all the things uh, satisfies for our sin and this is the day of so we we are justified by our union with christ um made holy adopted as sons of the king of sons of god citizens of the kingdom of god and right now we experience the blessings of that and peace of mind and conscience and other things. And in death, because we are justified and sanctified, we will be with Christ. But this is the true full final moment where before the judgment seat, before God's throne, we are declared and acquitted of, of all of our sin and guilt, where Christ's life and death are the life and death uh, by which we stand um, and, and in which we which we stand victorious and guiltless free uh and yeah that i don't know that judgment unto acquittal and new life and righteousness is that is a joyous and exciting uh idea and thing to hope and look forward to yeah i i know the bible does talk about how christians will be judged on that day and i i this is this is not strictly speaking in the bible but i think it's a helpful sort of visual for me at least is sort of this idea that you know, your sins are like read off, but, and you know, you should be guilty of them, but you plead the blood of Christ and all your sins are washed away. Yeah. And, you and, know, he pays the punishment for them on the cross. Yeah. And there is an, a sense in which our lives are dealt with in judgment, but that's, well, we'll get to that with a, a quote from Herman Bovink in the yeah. history of the week. Uh, it's a different kind of angle of understanding of judgment, which is also important, but it's for later today yeah so we are raised to to judgment day um and and the bible talks about that in many different ways and and that's a good day for us where the justification that is ours now and in death and those other benefits of union with christ that are ours now and in death are finally realized in fullness before the throne of god You, you know one helpful thing that just came to mind is when i think about um uh a religion like islam the judgment day you basically appear before Allah and there's a scale and like it measures your good and your bad. Yeah. And so for, for a Muslim, you know, there's no, you get to the, you get to judgment day and there's no confidence, you know, it's like, what will the scale weigh for me? Yeah. Um, it's, and it's very different for, for us who are in Christ, you know, as the question says without, it's not like, You'll probably be saved. It's, you know, 
for those who are in Christ, you are acquitted. And yeah. so there's no fear of of judgment when we're in Christ. Right. We who now, by God's grace, can approach the throne of grace for help in time of need, look eagerly and, and longingly await that moment, because in that moment, our acquittal is finalized and, and made official fully. Yeah. And, and it's like this, the thing is done, but we, we grasp it fully then. And so yeah. there is an anticipation of judgment day that is, um, that is ultimately really exciting. Yeah. Cool. Now the, the, the reception and the enjoyment of the benefits of union with Christ and in, in resurrection are also kind of an answer to that progressive increase of the enjoyment of salvation in time for an individual that we've been talking about, that we experience the benefits of union with Christ now more in death and now here even more so. The resurrection. And last yeah. week we talked about how there's an unnatural separation of body and soul, how though we die, we live, but and, and though we're perfect, we're incomplete. And this is the moment where completion comes. And, and the catechism references rightly the, the bodily resurrection that here the oh oh the slinky dog <laughs> the <Yeah>. back <laughs> half of slinky dog comes through the door yep the front half of slinky dog's been with christ in heaven it or you know in this you know state of with christ in paradise but but the back half the body is still still in the grave and so the you know the the resurrection is when the door opens the the back half swings into the front half of the slinky dog body <laughs> and the full person is with Christ. Right. And the full and and it's not just you uh spiritually renewed, it's you spiritually and bodily made new. Yeah. The body that you are in right now is 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 made new in the resurrection, renewed. It's not a new body as in your soul is is inserted into some other physical form. Yeah. It's the body that you have right now perfected and raised to new and imperishable life. Like yeah. Christ was raised to new and imperishable life with the marks of his glory on him, right? His wounds from the cross are still there. That was yeah. an interesting concept we talked about in class where they were like, well, well, if all those, all the imperfections, like I won't need glasses and my wife won't be allergic to literally everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but Jesus had scars. So how is his body perfect? And it's like, well, the marks uh, of glory that bear your, faithfulness remain uh and, and there's a, a a kind of precedent for that set in christ's body but, but yeah your body is is perfect and glorified and, and raised imperishable yeah and it's that body to it's your body in that state w- w- to which your your soul is reunited forever this this isn't necessarily like a challenge you to get these but you sort of wonder like you know for those who have been beaten for the sake of the gospel or you know suffered death and and torture like will they bear their marks that show that they stood for christ yeah that's just kind of a cool thought yeah badges of glory and honor almost yeah yeah cool and i think this is where we've kind of been wanting to spend some time this last idea is that there's this fullness of eternity now and so there's so much speculation both grounded in biblical ideas and also just rampant wild (laughs) elaborations on a half of a sentence in the bible but looking fondly to eternity is a good thing for Christians to do. Um, Do not do so at the expense of faithfulness in this life and concern for this world. Yeah. Because just as it is this body that is renewed, it is this world that is renewed. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not on the Titanic sinking. (laughs) Uh, That's Um, yeah. We are not the, 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 the little orchestra playing violins while we sink. Um, waiting for it to just go away. This world's made new, yeah. just as our bodies are are renewed, imperishable. So this world, which is a good world, is renewed, imperishable. So care about this world, but but it is a good thing to look forward to eternity. And I want to say my piece, and then unravel the good speculations and discussions that will inevitably that will inevitably spiral into some yeah. some wonky <laughs> ideas that are that are kind of fun. Yeah. So. There are a bunch of different religious and cultural conceptions of eternity that are wrong. Oh yeah. <laughs> and 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 I think even the right so eternity is not the intermediate state where you're just a soul floating in in some spiritual world. But it's in but there are that is kind of an oversimplification I think of 
what is talked about in mostly Roman Catholic theology, although Protestant theology as well, is the beatific vision, being in the presence of the glory of God and and being uh, united with him in, in kind of John 17 language. And, and that's what eternity is. Um, and whether it be, uh, I, I haven't studied in depth a Roman Catholic theology of the beatific vision, but whether it be that or the well-known, uh, popularized oversimplifications of that where you're just in God's presence and it's nice and you better not complain because you're with God and that's all you need, which is true. But, but you it's, won't want to but, complain. <laughs> but it's nothing. It's just like you're in a cloud. Yeah. So it's not that. It's not some oversimplified version of the beatific vision. Eternity is not that. Nor is eternity some overly materialized uh, utopia where where there's like it's just this world all the bad stuff's gone. Yeah. It, it's like eternity isn't that. The biblical conception is of a renewed earth, yes. It's of being God's presence, yes. But it's not some oversimplified beatific vision spiritual experience, nor is it some overly materialistic, oversimplified version of the world renewed physical experience. It is both of those things combined. It is the world renewed, us living on this planet, removed of its imperfections, perfectly made new, having longed in the pains of childbirth for for, for renewal and the revealing of the sons of man in Romans 8 language and made new, uh, refined as gold and silver are refined, made perfect, this world with God presently there, looking back to Eden, the physical world. Why are you laughing? <laughs> okay. This is cool stuff and you're laughing. No, you're... I'm agreeing with you, but when you said like a utopia on earth, the first thing that came to mind was, oh, Naboo at the end of Phantom Menace. Why is that the first <laughs> I thing? I don't know. Because he's, he's holds an orb up and goes, peace. <laughs> you're the worst okay. ever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep going. If that's your conception of heaven and you are that's in a, Christ. That's a bad conception. Well, if that's your conception of heaven and you're in christ you are going to be blown away by the real thing <laughs> uh, gungans and people. more than everyone else will anyways so it's not just that it's not just some physical utopia of this world imagine it it's really nice but all the bad things are gone nor is it some only spiritual thing yeah it is the perfect reunion of heaven and earth it is dwelling in the presence of god where he is our full joy and satisfaction where we are in the the presence of his glory forever and on this earth made new just as eden was god's throne room in the physical world where the heavens and earth overlapped so the new jerusalem new creation new earth is is physical perfection and heavenly perfection overlapping Mm -hmm. where we are are in this world as it ought to be perfected and glorified and in the presence of god in the presence of his glory fully satisfied and consumed with him both together and i think any separation does short the picture painted in scripture so go yeah. ahead talk i was I, <laughs> sorry <laughs> well no you're good i was thinking so the first thing i was thinking about actually is growing up i remember um i think it was my older brother had like this was when he was pretty young. He had sort of this moment one night where he was like, I don't know if I want to be a Christian. And I remember being very upset being like, no, you have to. But, but I remember him talking to my parents and basically what he was, he said was like, to be honest, I think heaven sounds really boring. I think every, I think most Christian, most kids raised in the church in our age group and surrounding it a little bit, have had that moment yeah because heaven to them is just like okay so i gotta go to church except always <laughs> like um basically this like i have to sit in a in a church service for all eternity and that's what heaven is like and and that is like so blatantly wrong right picture and, as pictured in revelation <laughs> and then so much of life is you like well i had that moment i didn't like it but now i've been told and i know and now i'm just telling myself but it'll be better than anything i can imagine which is true yeah but it's like you're trying to convince yourself that this Im- incomplete picture of eternity will be better than you can imagine yeah and that's not a fruitful exercise yeah <laughs> i i think i mean I feel like C.S. Lewis talks about this all over the place. 
as I'm thinking about it, because I feel like it's like his uh, The Weight of Glory, um, The Great Divorce, and uh, The Last Battle um, in the Chronicles of Narnia series. All of those. Speaking have- of, settle uh, settle the debate between John and I. I don't know how to do. I'll put it, I'll put it in an Instagram post or something. Is is C.S. Lewis's concept of eternity and the new creation, where uh, it's a truer and more real version of Narnia? Yeah. Is that necessarily connected to the phrase further up and further in, <laughs> or is it not? I, I, okay, so backstory. <laughs> we were talking about this beforehand, and I was like, oh, you know what would be good to talk about? The last battle. And Josh was like, oh, yeah, like further up and further in. I was like, oh, I I wasn't, I didn't even think of that. And he was like, well, you have to think of that because it that's, says it like four billion times in the book. And that's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. That's his whole picture of the of the new creation is and, further up and further in. And oh, whatever. But that that isn't what it is oh, because the whole the whole uh, it's a truer version is because you went further up and further in. And the more for, the more up and in you go, the truer Narnia okay, is. We're, we're tangenting here. <laughs> what I wanted to what I what I wanted to talk about is is that idea that he um, brings up in that, and I think both, and in uh, the Great Divorce as well, where sort of heaven is is the the real version of the thing for which we've only known the shadows. And so, um, in in the last battle, they enter the the like new Narnia, which represents the new heavens and the new earth, and what they realize instantly and especially as they go further up and further in is hey. sorry just had to do it for you josh I appreciate um it. as they go further up and further in is that it is so much more real than the world that they had conceived or that they had lived in before and so i think that's a really or the great divorce similarly he like he can't walk on the grass because it's like spears in his feet because the grass is so much more real than he is um and I think that's a cool picture because I think our view of heaven is sort of like, I have all the good stuff here on earth. Maybe heaven will like somehow mystically be better than that. When in actuality, I think it's better to reverse it where, you know, the things of earth, which we think are good, we're going to look back and be like, I wanted that. Like, like that's nothing compared to, you know, what I'm seeing here and what I have now. Yeah. Like, it's going to be such a, yeah, such a paradigm shift that, yeah. Yeah. It, so. it is truer reality. It is truer life than we've ever known. Yeah. Uh, and and the fact that the good gifts that God gives us in this life are just generous gifts from him, but they're also, they point to his character, his generosity, and they also point to, like, the good gifts that he gives now are shadows of the good, true things that are that are will be ours in eternity yeah and so it's like man and and no sin kind of as the shackles anymore right yeah yeah another thing we were talking about beforehand which i think is super cool is you know this is the new heavens and the new earth yeah and so the earth is made new um when we read i i've sometimes been guilty of this when i read revelation i you know i spend the whole time talking about how uh you know we shouldn't you know, aggressively literalize yeah. prophecies. And then What's we get to the number. Yeah. <laughs> and then I get to the new heavens and the new earth. And I'm like, so it's going to be a giant gold cube. Um, <laughs> and, and, and then, and so, cause it talks about a, you know, a giant cube, but city, um, Jerusalem. Yeah. The city of Jerusalem. So I think like, all right, so we're all packed into this giant cube, <laughs> but um, I have, yeah, it's over, over literalizing it when in actuality, what probably is the case is, you know, the whole earth is re is made new with basically how it is, but way better. Yeah. Um, and, and me and Josh were talking about this beforehand uh, and Courtney, Josh's wife, all included. Hey, great um, we were all talking about how there's just this sort of like, oh, I may never get to visit there. Well, you know, in my current life, but not to worry because in the new heavens and the new earth, I'll go check it out then. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a weird way to think about stuff, yeah. but I think it's, I don't know. It just gives you a more full picture of yeah. the new heavens and the new earth. It's not just this like, oh, I'm trapped in a church building or something <laughs> like that, or even I'm tra- trapped in a golden cube. It's you have the whole world except it's way better and you're not. In- 
held back by sin. And you are in the presence of God and his glory. Yeah. And yeah, uh, the perfect union of God's throne room and this good earth that he made for us and for us to dwell in and on uh, and to rule over as as his sub-regents and co, co-heirs with his son, the true king. Oh, and just, just to keep going here, let's remember Jesus is the the first born like the first resurrected person we see jesus eat so well yeah so that's another great thing so i was going to bring this up but you brought it up so oh, like go ahead. one of the things so there's like silly speculations like jesus walked through a wall uh to see the jesus disciples in teleport. his resurrection yeah. does that mean that you can either phase or teleport <laughs> it's like well that may have been something that's an element of his divinity or just an exceptional circumstance given the circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> but we can look to what Jesus did post-resurrection and, and like, yeah, he, Jesus, the resurrected Lord, spent his life eating breakfast with his friends on the beach. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That sounds that's, that's, ideal. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's like a glimpse of, of the kind of thing that will be enjoyed by us forever. Yeah. That's cool. Hanging with friends on the beach, eating fish. Yeah. Sign me up. Especially Chilling on the beach with my best friend, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a song. It's hilarious. Uh, it's a great Going song. Going out for beers, but not too many beers. <laughs> it's not that good. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, um, yeah, but whatever. But yeah, so it's, I don't know. It just, it's awesome to think about. And the, I guess and you've said this, and I think it's really important helpful to think about like our appreciation of God, which is mo like almost all the time on earth shaky, you know, mm. or half hearted at best, like, or mixed maybe. Yeah. Um, when we finally are in the new heavens and the new earth our dis you know, the distractions and the sin and our own like idolatrous hearts that constantly kind of push away from God will be, reoriented towards him entirely and perfectly and so i mean even if it was the case that you were trapped in a quote-unquote church service for all eternity you would not mind it would still be better than anything you've ever yeah it would be the greatest thing ever because you the creature are finally in the presence of your creator where you can fully and completely enjoy him forever yeah it's just a little question one yeah, um, you have to. You have to make the connection. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, I think it's cool. A um, couple random speculations before I move on. Hit me. Also, like, I don't want to be, like, overly serious and critical of these. But, but it's so, like, so often people are like, well, if you can't get hurt, then can you just jump off buildings and not get <laughs> hurt? And then on the one hand, it's like, that's funny to think about. But no, I think the laws of physics will still apply, but I don't really know what that'll look like. But also, that's what you're thinking about? What can I get away with in this, <laughs> this new imperishable body? Uh, like, dream a little bigger, darling. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, eternity is so much more than I wonder if I'll bust my knee if I get hit by what this train. What if I do something incredibly stupid? <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, well, sin is gone, so so will folly be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like what? I don't know. There's there's so many wild. Like I I I love the idea of like the relationship between people and animals being restored. And I just want to ride a bear. I want to ride a bear. <laughs> oh, that'd be sick. I want to ride on a bear's back through the woods. <laughs> and I want to ride a cheetah. Uh, I had never determined I wanted to do that until right as the word stumbled out of my mouth but there. It'd be cool. But it'd be cool. <laughs> it'd be cool. I'd like to chase a cheetah Ooh. and get toasted. But yeah. like... Not everybody get e- getting eaten as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just think there's a lot of really cool things about looking at the every relationship in 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 the orientation of all things in creation will be restored think of what that all the the realities that 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 brings with it yeah one other one i guess and i know we can get moving here in a sec but one final thing that maybe is we can talk about at some point or now or later but oftentimes or not often but every once in a while i hear people say something to the effect of like like i don't think i'd want to be there if you know all my all my best friends, you know, like what yeah. for the I, I'll hard, know unbelievers who aren't there. Yeah. Yeah. For and the, I could never the be happy. Hard and sad reality that that is. 
Yeah. And so I think... <laughs> Did you have an answer to uh, that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So some people say it'll be hard for this reason. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to close on that note. <laughs> no. Um, no. What I was going to say is I think, I think first of all, we are, we are over, like we are over connected to sinfulness when we say that. And so we have this idea that God won't satisfy us mm-hmm. and that, you know, I'll need this to be happy. Right. Um, as if God, our creator and, you know, the one who died for our sins will not satisfy us. And we need everyone we've ever met, you know? Um, I think, and I basically, I think that it comes from in one sense, a good place where we care for the unbeliever, but mm-hmm. in a, in a, in a, in kind of a bad sense where we think like we care for the, for this person more, more than, than God does. Sure. And, and like, you know, God has, God's just this, like, I'm destroying your friends. And you're like, no, on their behalf. Like, yeah. 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 So I don't know. I think we, I, we will be, Christ wipes away every tear and we yeah. will perfectly rejoice and understand as much as is humanly possible, his justice and the goodness revealed in it yeah um and it is the destruction of the wicked that reveals the his riches um which he has poured on uh, out on us at the end of romans 9 paul says so it's a good thing trust and confidence that that god is good and that that concern will be answered in and by him yeah cool 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 moving on to herman bovink for our history of the week historia de las week That's not any language. That's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was bad. <laughs> but oh, uh, I wanted to talk about this section in Bobbing's Dogmatics. It's in the fourth volume about new creation, where he talks about how eternity isn't going to be blessed in action. Um, like, work was pre-fall, and we will be doing things. Yeah. It's not just this pew sitting that you were talking about. Bless. It's not just blessed yeah. in action, floating around. I'm just sort of um, sitting but there here is, in awe. Right, yeah. There is activity in the new heavens and new earth. We are made to do because our God is one who works and creates and we in his image do the things that he does. Um, it's a really good quote, but I left them at school. So I have Bobbing's abridged Wonderful Works of God that has a different quote that is that addresses another thing we wanted to talk about. So I'll read that instead. Mm. Ahem. I, have this, uh, I have the second volume. That's the wrong one. In my one. backpack, which <laughs> won't do. No, it won't. Almost, almost happy coincidence. <laughs> so here's a couple paragraphs from page 548 of Bavink's The Wonderful Works of God, which is the one-volume abridged version of his dogmatics, also called uh, Our Reasonable Faith in other oh, printings. I thought you were about to drop the Dutch title on us, and I was <laughs> like, oh, man, Josh, well yeah. played. I wish I did know that. <laughs> Anyways, it's like Gereform Dogmatique or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know Dutch. So here it is. Uh, that kingdom compromises heaven and earth and brings a bounty of spiritual and physical blessings with it. Not only the Old Testament, but also the New plainly teaches that the saints shall inherit the earth. The whole creation will sometime be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. The heavenly Jerusalem, which is above and which uh, designates the city where God dwells with his people, will return to earth. And in this new Jerusalem, in an immediate presence of God, there is no longer any sin, any sickness and death, but glory and incorruptibility uh, rule also in the material world. This, too, is a revelation of the eternal, holy and blessed life, which all the citizens of the city share in the fellowship of God. And in that kingdom, too, there will be variation in charge within the oneness of fellowship. Small and great will be there, and the, fir- and the first and the last. Each person there will receive his own name and his own place, in accordance with the works of faith and love which he had done on earth. For he who sows sparingly shall also harvest sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also harvest bountifully. There is a reward in heaven for all the persecution uh, which the disciple of Jesus has borne for his sake and for every deed which he has done in his name. In proportion as the person has been faithful in using the talents given to him, he will in the kingdom of God receive greater honor and lordship. Even the cup of cold water, which in the name of the disciple is given to one of his little ones, will not be forgotten in the day of judgment. He crowns and rewards the good works which in and through himself he brought into being through his own. Thus all, it is true, share in the same blessings, the same eternal life, and the same fellowship with God. 
but there is nevertheless a difference among them in brilliance and glory. In proportion to their faithfulness and zeal, the churches receive from their Lord and King a different crown and reward. There are many, many mansions in the house of the Father. And there's a bunch of biblical references in there for those things he said. Basically, the idea here is um, that, so in one sense, we are judged and we are acquitted being in Christ. And yet God does not ignore, neglect, or count the things we do in vain um, and rewards yeah. faithfulness, um, not as, uh, as a justifying grounds of righteousness, but in the, the, the new earth and in the new creation, while all are equally joyfully united to Christ, there's diversity just as there was in this life. Mm-hmm. And God rewards our faithfulness in this life. And it's not wrong to work in faithfulness here, trusting, knowing, and anticipating and wanting greater heavenly reward and, and that God promises to reward faithfulness here. And I also think it's good news. Like I rejoice that the Christians, knowing that the Christians I see suffering greatly for their faith today in ways that I could not imagine that God is going to reward them greater than he will reward me, at least as of right now in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I only by the spirit of God in me re- rejoice in the, in their higher station um, because I see the faithfulness of so many and know that God is good to reward those who have been so faithful to him, loving not even their lives unto death. And this is a, the goodness of God that we do not receive equally in heaven but that, uh, that God rewards faithfulness and to those who, who are entrusted with much and who do much with it, much will be entrusted and to those who do little, um, less will. And, and also to know that in that all the stain of sin will be gone and those with less will rejoice with those who have more and not be envious of that. And that's, that's a cool thing. But I think that's a good reminder as well. Work for, work for the treasure that does not perish. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I think I think it's on the positive side it's really important to remember that, you know, don't don't be content with, you know, mediocrity in your faith like, I mean, I already passed the I'm already in the door, so we're good enough. Don't be content with that. But on the other end of that, for those who maybe you know, feel as though like, oh no, I'm, you know, maybe you you became a believer later in life or something like that. And you're like, well, there's, you know, I'm going to get into heaven and be this like, be this like poor miser who, you know, it's, that's not, that's not the case. You know, you are equally in God's, all that good stuff that we talked about before. Christ equally died for your sins as well. And so you are equally loved by Christ. And so don't, don't feel yourself to be, you know, un unworthy or overly unworthy, I should say, of, you know, your place in heaven as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. just because just, I know, like, yeah, there could be a tendency to be like, well, I'm going to be like the lowest person in heaven. So, yeah. yeah. And while that might be true, no one will, no one including you will conceive of it in that way. Yeah. You will not be, you will not be unhappy about your, you know. Your you, station. You'll be like, well, I kind of got the, I got the. Raw deal I got here. the top bunk here. Yeah. I only got pardoned all my sins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, that will be gone because that, that sentiment even r- is rooted in sin, which will be done away with yeah. forever. I never get to see God. Only uh, Aquinas and Calvin get to see God. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> no, just kidding. But yeah, so I think, I think while it's good to have that distinction of like there is reward for work, it's also important to realize like, you know, we're all united debtors we all inherit the kingdom of god yeah yeah so yeah cool good good stuff heresy Heresy of the week heresy of the week all right this one's a nice little fun one and honestly as i was thinking about this i feel like it would not hurt to do like a full footnotes and proof text someday dealing with like sort of things like this one and related things today we're talking about mormonism yeah oh and for clarification, sometimes we say this is part of the heresy of the week conversation, but it's not an actual heresy if you believe it. It's just something we think is maybe erroneous or yeah. problematic. <laughs> this is most definitely a severe heresy. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a 
a more thorough heresy than Mormonism. Like maybe Islam. Yeah, maybe Islam. Like which, which are both Christian heresies. They are both founded on some yeah. perversion of Christ. Yeah. yeah. Mormonism is not this, you know, if someone is like, "Uh, oh, are, are you a Christian?" Yeah, Mormon. It's like, "Well, no. So you're no. you're not a Christian." <laughs> yeah. The, like, we're not we're not being uh, overly rude or something here in saying this. Mormons believe f- like vastly different from yeah. Christians. They uh so we're talking specifically about their conception of eternity yeah. as it relates to Sorry, today. Sorry, we get carried away um, here. No, I just wanted to give this caveat that I think is helpful that Mormons are intentionally or at least the ones who give the young Mormons the language are intentionally conniving and deceit- deceitful because they will conflate religion and denomination so that when people say Mormonism is a different religion, that communicates to Mormons and other people who have believed their terminology that they are just a different Christian denomination. Because mm-hmm. every interaction I've had with a Mormon, they're like, oh, what religion are you? And I will say, I'm a Christian. And they're like, yeah, but what religion? And I will be like, well, I'm a Presbyterian. And they're like, and how is that different from the Baptist religion? And I'm like, no, denominations. And so they intentionally try and make every denomination within Christianity labeled a different religion so that when Mormonism is called a different religion that communicates to other Mormons and those who listen, who have kind of been accustomed to their talk, way of talking that, that Mormon Mormonism is as different from Presbyterianism as Baptists are. Yeah. And uh, no. that is a lie of the devil and it is an intentional deceit of the Mormon. Yeah. Um, even though they're We're the totally nicest people on, on the face of the earth, they are, they tell nothing but lies. Anyways. Yeah. Their conception of eternity. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, Josh, you... So, just for backstory, Josh has had several kind of, like, Extended. Mormons assigned to him. <laughs> uh, I've, I've answered phone calls, and I've hung out with them, and I've gone to their... Not their temple, but their... Uh, I forget what it's called. Like, not the church. Whatever. The local gathering place. So, I've, I've, I've gotten... I've spent some time learning Mormonism. Yeah. I've got a triple, which is uh, the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price, and... Uh, the Doctrine and Covenants. They're full, um, uh, well, they're full holy text apart from the Bible. And I've read some of it. It's garbage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The Book of Mormon sounds like a guy who didn't know Hebrew, who tried to write in the King James English words that sounded like they were translated from, <laughs> from ancient um, really? Semitic languages. Oh, yeah. that's... Technically, it's from a, uh, a language called Reformed Egyptian, which does not exist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so, oh, but anyway, so you, yeah, you've you've basically spent more time with Mormons than than I have, at least. I, I need um, to get back in touch with my current Mormons. I've I've not reverse, reverse evangelize. <laughs> I've not answered their phone call a lot recently because I'm like I'm too tired to do this. <laughs> Josh's wife just said he's not allowed to get back in touch with the Mormons. <laughs> oh, well, I'll find some out. Oh. Um, I'm moving, um, and we're moving west, so there will be more Mormons for me to get in touch oh, with. Oh, you will find them. Oh, they will find me. <laughs> we'll find each other, <laughs> yeah. uh, and hopefully they will find Jesus. But anyway, yes. their view of the end times. Take it away. Okay, so basically, so like the big picture is that, first of all, it's not only the most American like <laughs> religion ever, but it's the most human. Like if some person was coming up with eternity, it's Mormonism. Listen, Islam. They, it would be... Yeah. It would be, I mean, Mormonism even more though. More right. though, yeah, because Mormonism is like hell is pretty much just for Satan. It's just for Satan and demons. No one's going to hell. There are three levels of heaven, and and even probably Hitler is in the bottom one, uh, because God is so nice <laughs> that no one's going to hell. And so no one's going to hell. Everyone's going to one of the three levels of 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 heaven and heavenly kingdoms. And if you're the best Mormon. You are God, and that and that's oh the like, that's the lie. That's the lie. Like the things that Mormonism offers are the things that Satan offered Adam and Eve. Yeah, you get to be God, Here's and that's what that's what sin is: is us wanting to be God. And Mormonism says Mormonism takes the lie of Satan and makes it the promise of God. And it's oh, it's so it perfectly deceptive. It's so it just yeah, it just feels like. Someone was like, what do I really want? Yeah. So that big picture, basically no one goes to hell. Everyone gets heaven. The best people are their own gods and get their own planet. 
let me parse it apart for you. It's really complex and super nonsensical. There are four things for eternity. There is hell. There is the lowest level of heaven, the terrestrial kingdom. There is the highest level of heaven, the celestial kingdom. And because there was a third one, Joseph Smith smushed terrestrial and celestial together and came up with the middle level of heaven, the telestial kingdom. Um, and as I understand it, I would need to redo more for a full footnotes and proof text on it. But the way that I understand it basically is that maybe apost- maybe really bad apostate Mormons and really bad Christians and, and really wicked people like Hitler uh, go to hell, but they can kind of be baptized out of it um, in post-mortem baptism where ba- Mormons do baptism for the dead. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Mm. Um, but, but no one really stays in hell. If you're kind of nothing, you're in this kind of nice worldly place, the, telest- the like, terrestrial like kingdom. to the Mormons. No. Oh, really? Yeah. If you're a good Christian oh. or a bad Mormon... You're in the telestial. You're in number two. Oh. So if you're a Mormon who never got married or um, didn't have <laughs> your didn't have your marriage ceremony sealed in the temple or were kind of had errors with Any your various works righteousness things. Well, that's all of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or had uh, maybe some some failings in the priesthood process they have two orders of the priesthood levi and melchizedek nice try uh, <laughs> and, and so like there are things that like if you haven't d- like done the full mormon deal you, you're not in the top dogs and if you're the best of the best christians you might make it up to the um you might make it up to the second one or the third one you mean no 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 <laughs> oh. christians would never be in the top one oh, okay good. yeah I, and there are things like that like Mormons can be baptized for the dead and so whether or not you you even know that there's a Mormon who's related to you if they're if they're your 19th cousin and they that's why they own ancestry.com so that they can find all their connections do they yeah all those websites are owned by the Mormons so that they can find the connections so that Mormons can be baptized for the dead my yeah you'll probably be baptized for the dead by a Mormon who is distantly related to you in the far future if Mormonism doesn't implode um, which hopefully it does. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, it's anyways. I, um, uh, and so, yeah. So basically there are different levels of heaven where pretty much everyone goes, um, from the worst of the worst to the kind of not great, the lowest level for really moral people, like really good Christians, really bad Mormons, maybe the second level, third, second level. Um, and then for the Mormons who do everything right, who are, uh, married, who, uh, and have that marriage sealed in the temple, who are ordained in the Melchizedekian and Levitical priesthoods and, um, who did the other things the Book of Mormon requires and then gave their best effort. They are in the celestial kingdom and they have reached what this Mormon axiom says, which is as, um, man is God once was, and as God is man once was, or as God is man made me sorry be meaning just like you are a person in a world you can reach divinity and god heavenly father heavenly father um was like you in another world far away and he reached divinity and then heavenly father and heavenly mother had all sorts of spirit children you everyone you know also jesus and lucifer who are brothers and your brothers spiritual brothers sons of heavenly mother and heavenly father um don't be like Satan and really blow it. Um, be like Jesus, who is the first child of Heavenly Father to reach divinity. And do that also. And if you, like Jesus, reach divinity like Heavenly Father did elsewhere, you and your spouse will be given a new planet to populate forever as your own gods, where you will have your own spirit children and do what God did here. Oh, man bonkers but but again no pretty much no one goes to hell everyone gets to some kind of heaven and if you're the best you get to be god yeah it's the perfect lie it's this no one loses but still having this works righteousness thing like works whatever uh i you know when we talk about roman catholicism it's like okay that is you know i don't agree with that i think it's wrong i think it's misreading the bible but you know i i get it to some extent Mormonism, I just, I struggle to have any patience for because it feels like it's uh, just, it's just 
rough. <laughs> it's the perfect lie, man. I'm telling yeah. you. And well, and that's the that's the thing of it. You know, the the reason it's appealing is because it tells you what you want to hear, yeah. gives you what you want to know, and like, you know, and it's hitched its wagon to Christianity, so it sounds legitimate. Yeah. To 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 some. Yeah. It. I don't know. It's yeah. It's just. It's very frustrating in that way. Um, I it's in every way. In every way. Yeah, I think. Oh, what was that? I just lost what I was going to say. It slipped out of my brain. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, if it comes back to me, I'll. Well, we're almost done, so it's, we don't have. Um, a lot I'm of time. thinking. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're good. I'll. Um, it, I'm sure it wasn't that important. Mormonism doesn't make sense. It's what you want to hear. Oh, never mind. I can't remember what it was. It, right. I I remembered. I was going to say Islam is similar in the oh. sense of like you go to heaven and it's like you and I, I don't even know if there's a, a woman heaven, but it seems because it seems to be designed mainly for men and the, the male heaven is basically you're just surrounded by virgin women in, yeah, in paradise. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty rough. And you got there because you're the best. <laughs> So. Josh's Josh's wife is, is is getting invested in this episode from from the other room. <laughs> Let's end it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before it's too late. Uh, yeah, I do think that's it though. Um, send us questions to catechized at gmail.com. Um, like us uh, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at catechizedpod. Um, leave reviews, comments, likes, and things on social media and on any way or place that you listen to podcasts. We're going to be gone for a couple of weeks and then we're going to be back with some footnotes and proof texts. One on um, spiritual gifts, one on a contra Rome issue against Roman Catholicism, and then another probably on the reliability of the New Testament. Uh, and mm. then we will resume with um, now the the duty which God requires of man to quote question um, the two about the scripture. Heck uh, yeah. And the second kind of half of the catechism. So neat, fun stuff. Have a good Sweet. few weeks. Catechize your kids. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>